0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Is, and ever shall be. The Feast of the Transfiguration is a feast of the vision of God. We do not see or know God in His nature, but we can experience Him in His energy. His energy is made manifest to us in the form of love, grace, light, joy. Glory. We hear that word a lot with this feast. Last night in the Old Testament readings, we heard about Moses going up to the mountain and the glory of God descending on the mountain. But this feast of the revelation of God, it's a feast of the vision of God. It's a feast of, a feast of Theoptia. It's a compound word in Greek, theos, God, and optia, uh, vision, right? We're optical, right? Pertaining to the eye. And it's a feast of the vision of God, the vision of His glory. Christ goes up on the mountain, and He reveals the glory that is His by nature, he was cloaking it, so to speak, in His human nature. But it's His glory that is part of His divine nature. He didn't just walk around like this all the time because everybody probably would have been blinded by His glory. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to handle it. Right, The Lord in the Old Testament didn't have all the Israelites come up the mountain, just Moses and Joshua. Because they were purified. They were prepared to handle what they experienced. Just like Christ didn't take all the disciples up Mount Tabor because Judas wasn't worthy of the vision. So we brought the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, those who were most ready. And then the other disciples stayed at the foot of the mountain, so to speak, to keep an eye on Judas, okay? They weren't, but Judas wasn't ready, and the the world wasn't ready for what they saw. But... This feast, the question might be asked, why is this feast important? This feast is important because the vision of God is what we're striving for. And it's what we hope to experience in the kingdom which is to come. Why is this feast on this day? On August 6th. Was it August 6th that the Lord ascended Mount Tabor? The Gospels don't say specifically. However, the church has placed this feast here because it is 40 days before the feast of the elevation of the cross. 40 days. And actually, for Orthros, for this feast, we don't sing the canons of the Transfiguration, we sing the canon for the elevation of the cross. On this feast already looking forward to the Feast of the Cross. And the Feast of the Cross in mid-September is roughly five or six months away from Pascha. So it kind of like gives us this, uh, these two major feasts in the year. And the thing is, we don't get the vision of God without the suffering of the cross. Right, A couple of weeks ago, in my homily, I was saying, there's a basketball coach who says, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Right? We don't get the vision of God without the suffering of the cross. The disciples don't experience what they did on Mount Tabor without climbing the mountain. If you've ever climbed any mountain and enjoyed the view from the top, you enjoy that view more, the harder the hike is to the top. The more work you put into it, the more you enjoy that view, right? It's different than just you know taking a tram to the top. That's nice. It's very American. I don't want to climb that mountain, so I'll take the tram. <laughs> I'll enjoy the view. Isn't this great? <laughs> That's the fast food way of getting to the top of the mountain. But unfortunately, when it comes to our salvation, there's only one way to climb the mountain, and that's by walking, right? That's by doing the hard work. There's only one way to see the vision of God, and that's by purifying ourselves and doing the hard work. So climbing the mountain for us in our spiritual life is the equivalent of prayer, fasting, almsgiving, reading the scriptures, doing good works, attending church regularly, being in the presence of God, putting aside evil, all these things. The Lord tells Moses in Exodus that he needs to be clean and undefiled before ascending the mountain. There's, this is called purification. So this is the feast that we celebrate. The, the God who... Was crucified and buried who who freed the captives in Hades and rose from the dead this is the same God who is transfigured today and the transfiguration for Christ is not a change of being it's a revelation of what he is who he is for us our transfiguration is a change of being We become, by grace, what God is by nature. And in this process of salvation, of theosis, we put on Christ. And we change our being from subhuman to truly human. Because we are only truly human when we are following God and in close relationship with Him. So this feast is about transforming our nature, bringing it out of the pit and up to the kingdom of heaven. And we do that by God's grace. We will never be what He is by nature. But St. Paul says we will go from glory to glory in the kingdom which is to come. This is a never-ending process of being filled with the grace of God. We don't just reach a peak and say that's it. In other words, the vision of God gets better and better for all eternity. We can't even fathom this. The problem is we work harder for things in this life than for things in the next life. We're happy to train for marathons. We're happy to climb mountain peaks and, and, and climb Denali and spend a year training to climb a tough mountain for fleeting moments of reaching the summit. And yet we often neglect the work necessary to ascend the mountain of God. In the book of Revelation, in chapter 22, John the evangelist says that there is a river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, and also on either side of the river, the tree of life, that is the cross, with its twelve kinds of fruit, Yielding its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And he says, this is chapter 22 of Revelation. There shall, be, there shall no more be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall worship Him. They shall see His face. to They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads, and night shall be no more, they need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they shall reign forever and ever. This experience that Peter, James, and John had, in these moments on Mount Tabor, which we enter into, this is the experience that the saints have for all eternity. There shall be no light Because Christ is the light. The question is, in our life, is he our light? Do we strive for this experience? Do we strive for this vision? And I'm not talking about super spiritual experiences and mystical experiences that aren't appropriate for us to handle. I'm talking about genuine, authentic relationship with God. We aren't just going for bragging rights of, oh, I saw the uncreated light, aren't I special? That doesn't do us any good. (laughs) The saints who actually experience this light, this uncreated light, those saints have all the humility needed to handle that experience. And they do not brag about it, but it transforms them. They yearn for it, but not not in, a, in an unhealthy, proud way. So brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, let us strive for the vision of God. Let us strive to make Christ, the Lamb of God, our light in this world. Let us root out the darkness and let us purify ourselves of all uncleanness so that we can ascend the mountain of God where Christ is waiting with open arms to show us His love and His light and His glory. And where He wants to share His life with us for all eternity so that we can praise and bless the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our midst.